0: Again, an opportunity to be about your business, to share your truth, knowledge, and wisdom, Father God. To any that have an ear that hear the words, but listen to the message, Father. Listen to your message. Listen to your truth. Go to your word and seek your face. Seeking always your truth. Seeking your knowledge. Seeking your wisdom. And not that of man or mammon and whatever denomination, there are none in your kingdom, Father. Abba Yahweh, thank you so much for blessing me, allowing me to be a conduit. Blessing me by blessing others. Abba Yahweh, So something has um, stirred me up as studying God's word and, and others that are doing God's work. There's a word that really actually perturbs me. And I think it probably did Christ Jesus as well. I know that there was one word that really did. And that was the word Religion. There are many folks that have a really, I think, have sometimes becomes a disturbing perspective on religion. And uh, they use that term quite frequently. And, oh, you're one of those religious types or you're one of those religious nuts. Well, no, I am a believer and a disciple of Christ Jesus and his teaching, his truth, his knowledge and wisdom, but if you find and you pay attention to things that go on, religions are oft times misdirected, misguided, miscreants, ah, there we go, it all goes together. Um, they don't teach well, and what many religions like to do is like to compartmentalize God. And God only comes out when it's convenient for them. And I know that the word miscreant probably is uh, possibly to some might seem a little harsh because let me share with you exactly what it means. Miscreant. And actually, it's a combination word. It's an Old English and a combination word that comes from Old English and Latin. And it has to do with believing, credence, giving credence to something. But a miscreant um, can be a Vicious or depraved person. Um, it's a person that is, and this is an old term that you're not going to hear used anymore, but it has to do with um, false or unorthodox. Uh, here's that word, religious belief. And the church being the, the Catholic church in the days of old, they would condemn them and excommunicate them because they were a heretic. That means that they spoke openly against the church. And I use that in air quotes because back in their day, there was only one church, but that's not true. And these people are depraved, villainous. (coughs) Pardon me. And they don't believe in Christ Jesus truly. So when you take a belief and you twist it and you pervert it, which is what these individuals are doing, and Jesus actually spoke openly against religions for the very purpose I shared with you, that religions box God or they compartmentalize God and they put him in a little box and he's only allowed to come out and the spirit is only allowed to come out and move through the congregation when they decide it's good. And then they talk it up almost like it's a used car sale. Goodness gracious. How villainous is that? And there are no, hear me in this. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't just hear the words, but listen. There are no denominations in true believers of God and Christ. Denominations, brothers and sisters, are labels that are placed by man, mammon, and they are labels that are taped on just like the I call them. You've heard me use the term, the label heads are the self-proclaimed. Well, that's what denominations are they are labels that are placed on and it draws attention to man and not to God and I have some issues with some of these that claim make the claims they do and there's are several that describe their leader as the as God incarnate on earth. Well, mm, I have a serious problem with that because that's actually contrary to biblical teaching. And the issue with denominations are that there are none. We all sit and we are all invited to sit at the same table. And this has to do with that lesson that was taught to Peter. When God gave him the vision and the vision was brought to him by the angel, the messenger of God, and Peter saw what appeared to be a large sheet was lowered down from heaven, and it had all the animals and the fruits and the vegetables all mixed together, and then, and it was lowered down so he could see all these things. And he was told to, to eat. And he made the declaration as, oh, I can't do that because there are, there, there are things that are unclean. And I can't do that. And then, of course, he was given the rebuke that he was given. There's nothing that God creates that is unclean. All things that God creates are good. And they're good for you. So you have individuals that will make reference to all this stuff. And and a lot of times, and you know, I have conversation with the folks. And, and when they start getting argumentative about it, that's when I just shut down and I walk away. Um, You know, things like you have these people that are getting all sorts of agitated and upset about gluten. Well, here's the problem. And it isn't that gluten being in the food and the vegetables and it's something that God put in there. It's a it's like a catalyst, a glue, a binder. And it's included in many nuts, fruits and vegetables. its It is. part of how God made them all and it's, it's in there. But now what has happened is that man or mammon has perverted that and to make things more marketable or more desirable for people and increases the money because their God, their idol is money, mammon, has become so focused on that. And what they do is they gluten, when things are cooked, it cooks out. It cooks away. And there is so little that is left. But what they do is they take the gluten and they add it separately in to their finished product and they mix it in so that it makes that nice, soft, marketable bread so that the bread isn't almost like uh, cardboard because I've had that which is actually gluten-free and there are Companies out there that make uh, bread according to biblical recipes. And they're very cardboardy. So when man puts that and they add all these things in that don't belong there and God made it a certain way, they poison it. And then people take in that poison and then doctors will jump on the bandwagon and convince you that you can't do that. You have to ignore this. You can't do that. You can't do this and you can't do that. Brothers and sisters, I share this because there are companies out there. One in particular, I told you, I I went and I studied the name and oh, my goodness gracious, it frightens me. And actually, I was frightened of them when I first started realizing what they were doing and how, heavily promoted they were, and the name comes up and is used oftentimes by those who are in charge of all, who are supposed to be in charge of keeping people protected. Well, the poisons that are added into the medications are things that are not necessary. And most all medications have become perverted from what God intended and provided for us. That does not mean that all doctors are bad, bad, bad. That means that there are some that choose to go off willy nilly and, and do things. And I believe I might've shared with you that my doctor who I trusted because he was my mother's and father's physician. And so I trusted him. Well, that was a mistake. And that was a mistake because he very lazily, as he was getting closer to age of retirement, I believe, um, just didn't even check prescribed medication. And he didn't even check warning labels. And the one medication that he just handed to me and didn't even check anything, it was a medication that was delivered by his provider And they were test samples. And what he did was he said, here, give these to your patients and test out for a few days and see if you have any good results and let me know. And then we'll put it on your order form. And he hands me these things. He goes, here, you just take these. You don't need a prescription. Just go ahead and and take these because you won't be able to fill a prescription yet. Take these for five days. At the end of five days, you let me know what happened. Everything will be fine. You'll be, everything will be good to go, except I didn't do that. I read the label and it was actually a very dangerous medication. And it wasn't going to help what needed to be helped, but he was proposing this because of what he was told by this fellow that provided the medication. Did he research it? Did he look up? and doctors, let me share something with you too, that you don't realize. You see some some physicians that are really good. They'll have these great big books and tomes that are in their office. And they will on occasion, pull those down and open them up. And if they're a physician that has any worth, they'll pull these down and check out and they can read up these medications. It shows everything that's included and cross-referenced to show what you can't take or shouldn't take with it because of things called side effects. Well, this medication that he was just gonna get to me was really nasty and terrible and there, was, there were about two little sentences of the good that it could do, but aside from that, everything was detrimental, and it was nearly a newspaper page full of side effects and things bad that can happen to you, and then the last three paragraphs talked about all the really bad things it would do, cause internal bleeding, your internal organs to shut down, to stop functioning, and could cause death. It could cause death. And I see and read all these things where people are so caught up in the God of money. And let me share this with you too, that churches are even in that way. And why do I bring that up with denomination? Because they try to market these medications and get you attracted to them. And they're not anything good for you, really. If you pay attention, they're they're poison and they're bad. And why do you think that so many people get sick so often? Do you think that it's really something that is happening in all these illnesses? Brothers and sisters, I propose this to you, is that it's because of what we have done to ourselves. And allowed it to continue to happen to ourselves. Does God intend for any of it? No. He intended for us to be blessed. But let me share this with you too. And I read this in my in reading. And, and actually highlighted this in part of my study. Is that when God is blessing us. And his intention is intention is to bless us that the devil is always, always active and doing his very level best to stop the advancement of the kingdom of God. He will pervert these things that God intends to bless us with. He will twist and manipulate these things. And his attempt in this is to try to keep us Distracted, to keep us separated, to keep us apart, and to keep us from being united. And that off time comes through persecution and hardship. What's the one thing that we really can't stand? Honestly? Oh, they unfriended me. Oh, now no, we're a, we're a, we're a, my world is falling apart. I'm unfriended. Oh, my gosh, now they're going to start all these rumors and all these mean, nasty things they're going to say to everybody. And how am I going to know? How am I going to know who knows what? Oh, what am I going to do now? Really? So somebody that you quite possibly have never met in your entire life You don't ever recall them because here's the thing that's truthful. Is it on this thing that they call social networking and you know, all this garbage? They use fake pictures. They make pictures that aren't real. They provide background information that are not truthful. And they tell others that they are something they are not. And rarely will you find individuals that are on this quote unquote social network that are actually social people. They are hurtful, mean, nasty. And there are those that use the system as a means to draw you into arguments. They call the, they actually have a term for these individuals that are on this uh, internet gizmo. And the term is called trolls. There are trollers and it has nothing to do with fishing. It has to do, um, if you know any of the uh, fairy tales and stories, and you may have heard about uh, the Billy Goats Gruff. That was an interesting kid story. I liked it. Well, there was a troll that lived under the bridge. <laughs> and the mean, nasty troll was really ugly, covered with warts, and just really, really mean and nasty. And he would get mad because the billy goats would cross the bridge and the clip-clop, 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 and it made him really upset. So instead of moving to another bridge or moving somewhere else, he just got mad and got up there and wanted to pull him apart and eat him. But... At any rate, a troll is someone that lives in the dark, they thrive in that dark, dank, damp, nasty space, and they're really not very kind about anything. Well, you have individuals that are on this thing called the social network, and they have nothing better to do with their life than to draw people into arguments, and they will get on, to something and a person will post uh, an informational aspect or they share about uh, their church, their faith. And this person, this troll will get on and purposely just speak all this negative thing, things that they have no true knowledge of whatsoever. And they will just speak all this vicious, nasty negativity. And what they're looking for is to draw someone into an argument. They don't know you, you've never met them and you don't see them. And it will draw you into an argument and get you going. And there are people that get so agitated and upset over this thing with people they don't even know. And I've heard conversations with some of them from acquaintances, it's really sad, actually. It It is, it's pretty sad. And what I've learned in, in uh, our pastor, thank you, Jamie, is that um he actually teaches that we really need to be conscious and make an effort to get away from this and if we are going to be doing this internet thing that we need to not be so open and openly opinionated and I I had to work on that because, well, quite honestly, I'm an opinionated guy. I don't know where that came from or heard people tell me, so actually I am. Um, but it's unnecessary, it's unnecessary. And I've actually just stopped viewing or paying attention to a lot of things and when there are individuals that get on there and they're so full of hate, discontent, complaining and fussing and seeming to start, I just, I just delete it. I don't even read it, pay attention to it, and I feel very sad. And if it's from a person that I know and familiar with or that are related to me, I, I pray. Because brothers and sisters, this is what the devil works on trying to do. God blesses us. And Satan works to pervert everything. This device was originated as a tool, and believe it or not, and there are some that that don't. I get that, but that little thing that we carry around in our hand, that we call a smartphone—not really so smart, actually—but um, that's what they call them. That that little device that we carry around in our hands, and some of them are one thousand times more powerful than the computer that was used by NASA to get our first space flight to the moon. And we carry it around in the palm of our hands. It was originally designed to be a tool, but people have taken it to a really greater extreme that they focus so much on that and... I've shared this with you already. It saddens me to see that, that people have stopped even carrying a Bible. They don't even carry a Bible anymore. They carry this little palm gizmo, this little electron device, and they think that they can get the scriptures faster and that it does everything. Now I use this thing in the tool that I'm using it for, and God has told me it's okay to do is for his podcast to be broadcast out and that I can get to many more people than I can as if I walked out my front door and started walking, which is a good way to be with people also, to evangelize and to be a walking disciple. That's a good way too, because what happens many times is that these churches that promote their denomination and want to do that sort of thing and make a big point that their name and that their church is plastered on the side of vehicles or that people know that their church is the one that's doing these things. That's not the import. And when people ask me And my response, I've shared this with you before, my response is that I'm a disciple of Christ Jesus and that Jesus tells me that I should do this. And what's important, you have to remember this, and I I highlighted this also in my reading, that, and this is really important, really important for you to hear the words, but listen to what I'm saying. I've shared this with you before in a different way. But when things became hard, and in particular in these countries where they were having difficulty and incidentally that um, people of faith that believe in God and Christ Jesus, they're still being persecuted. As I've shared with you to the, in this day and age, in 2023, getting ready to end and become 2024, there are Christians that are shot to death on the streets where they live because they were carrying a bible or somebody pointed them out to the so-called law enforcement the in some countries they call them the what do they call oh the public safety bureau because those individuals are supposedly protecting against these revolutionaries these people that talk about their faith And they imprison them or they shoot them. And the leaders that are promoting faith in God and trying to teach about God, they had to learn why they were in prison, in change, they had to learn to have fellowship. They had to learn to have fellowship. And I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters, that everything because you become a believer, a true believer. Now, you know, you hear me emphasize that a lot. You have individuals that are label heads. And John and James actually talk about this in their Bible and the books that they wrote. Is that they claim to know God, but they have no faith in God. So they don't know God. They know about God. And then they talk about it as if they know him, but they don't know him. They know nothing about him. So they offer false teachings. They promote false doctrines. And what they are actually teaching is derisiveness, separation, and pushing apart. And this is a problem that Paul had with Peter because unwittingly, Peter thought he was doing the appropriate thing, but through the vision and the teaching that came from God's messenger and from God to Peter, is that you can't do that. And God doesn't want, this is that thing about denomination, okay? If you are a true believer, not a label head, and not a self-proclaimed Christian, but you are a true believer, a true Christian, and you do have faith in God, and you do know Christ Jesus came and died here for you. And you have the Holy Spirit guiding you and teaching you. brothers and sisters, you sit at one table together. There is no denomination. There is no separation. There is no one church over another. And quite sadly, I've shared this with y'all, is that I have seen some of these churches that, that go through an area and they're big deal is they have these these stickers and magnet things that are plastered all over the side of their vehicle and they come down and they deliver flu, food, but then they provide no pickup. So quite honestly, I've gone down in particular, when I was working and doing what I was doing before, I would go down, I'd see this particular organization would be out there and they're handing out all this stuff and they get, oh my gosh. I'm trying to be. Gar- I'm not sharing the name, and I'm not going to ever do that because I, you know, you have. To, I pray about it, but people are drawn into doing foolish things. They would run across the road in front of traffic, and and there were times where they came near hitting because they were trying to get over and get more, and and there was no real structure, and then all the garbage and the filth that was left and people just throwing things everywhere they'd finished and rather than going to a waste bin or disposing of anything properly, they would just throw it on the ground. Nobody stayed from the church to say, hey, you know, we're gonna pick this stuff up later here, put it in this bin. And they didn't provide anything for them to put in and just go down. And there would be literally later in the day when this organization was gone Nobody came back to pick up anything. Nobody. It was all there. And there was actually, if it was any kind of wind or anything going, there would be a, seemed like a tornado cloud of garbage. I share that, brothers and sisters, because it's important that we are responsible in what we do and how we share and we shine with a bright light and not a polluted lamp. And I share that because, pardon me, is in the parable of the virgins that were waiting for their bridegroom and you had the wise and the foolish. Well, the wise brides who were waiting for the bridegroom had their wicks were trimmed and their oil lamps were filled and they had their extra oil in case the lamps burnt down because they didn't know what time of day or night the bridegroom was coming. But they were prepared and the others, the foolish, were not prepared And then they whined and cried because they weren't prepared as they should have been and fully warned to be prepared, but they did not. And they didn't have the land. And then they tried to get the wise women to share their oil, which would then depleted everything and meant that nobody would have been ready and that they all would have run out. Well, the wise ladies who had their, the wise woman, the wise virgin, the wide, wise brides that had everything in readiness, they told the others that were folks, they said, no, you need to go buy some oil. You need to have some so that you have, your supply is plenteous, have enough, and be prepared as you were told to be, to begin with. And then they went to the ceremony because the foolish were not there. They weren't ready. Brothers and sisters, it's all about not a denomination, not a sect, not a particular church. And we are taught and by Jesus. I have a sneeze coming up, pardon me. Sneaking up on me here. (laughs) apologize. Is that we need to be paying attention and not be so separated and make it more important about what church we belong to and that you have to be a certain way. And I, I shared with that pervert that was parading back and forth on the stage because he had his little, and I'm not even sure What churchy, I can't recall, I just, I got caught up in his parade, but he had, and he was not Catholic, and there are other churches that do this, but they want to make sure that they have a uniform, so that when you see them, that you know that there is some kind of whatever, and... To me, when I see them doing this, it reminds me greatly of the Pharisees. And they had a certain garb that they wore and everybody knew. And then when there were special holidays, they had these things that they would do. And I I had it written down and I can't remember what it is now, I apologize, but they had these little leather pouches that were folded And there were parts of the scripture that was transcribed onto these papers and notes and they were folded. And they would make those little uh, container and they would wear it on their forehead and they would also tie one around their arm so that in addition, <clears throat> pardon me, in addition to everything else that they were had on and wearing and parading, they would see these and then they would know and they'd make, a big, they'd make a big deal out of it. And Christ Jesus used the Pharisees very often because they were very, much into that, that everyone would see, know, and recognize who they were by their garb and their actions. And as Jesus used to tell us often, be careful for the leaven of the Pharisees. And what did he mean when he told us that? The hypocrisy. So here's this individual who had his little uniform on Had his little collar up there. Again, he was not of the Catholic Church. But he was of some denomination, whatever he was promoting. And he was parading back and forth in, in this. Wow, it was almost like a madman. And talking about he was going to have to rewrite the Bible because certain scriptures were wrong and wrongfully taught and that he was going to rewrite. Well, self-proclamation is dangerous and arrogant as he was and I have not seen anything by of or pertaining to him or his church that he was supposedly representing. God handles his business and his business is to be sharing the word with everyone. There are no denominations. We are one and they will know that we are Christians by our love. And that's the import. Pardon me. Denominations tend to separate. They tend to drive derisiveness. Being derisive is, is being separate, being apart. We are invited to be heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. And that means that we are not separated by a denomination. You either believe that Christ came to this earth and he came and walked in this plane of existence as a man, as a sacrificial lamb, and died on the cross. So you either believe that or you don't, period. Pardon me. And that's all there is to it. You either believe or you don't. You have faith in God or you don't. The Holy Spirit guides you or he doesn't. Plain and simple, period. It is actually plain and simple. But in our faith and our belief, there are many things that we have to learn because we have brought, been brought up to be other than what we are. What are we? We are the creation of our heavenly father who loves us so much that Christ Jesus came and died for us. He saw us from a far great distance and came anyway, to sacrifice himself for our sake. And that I am about my father's business and sharing this so that everyone would have an opportunity here's the thing. You either believe or you don't. You have a choice, and the choice is free. And for that pervert to stand up there and make the declaration that he was doing, he obviously was speaking from little to no knowledge whatsoever. And many will do that. They won't take scripture in context. They won't read scriptures contextually. They take one and then they try to twist it, manipulate it into something else. Well, see, that's the work of the devil. And I've shared this with you before is that Satan knows scripture. His demons know scripture and they teach. What do they know? They know what they heard and they were in heaven before they were cast out. So they heard the word. The word was with God. The word was in God. Word was of God. And they created all things. All things were created together. And then, of course, Satan rebelled because his pride welled up and he wanted to be as God. And he wanted to be God. And then there were those that were convinced that that could happen. And they were kicked out. Those are his demons that are real. They are powerful. And they are keep they are kept from our visual acuity because God is protecting, but we have guardians, and those demons were shared. remember when Daniel was in prayer and was so worried because he didn't know how to respond to a vision, and he prayed to God, well, Gabriel, who is a very Important messenger that God uses quite often, and he came, however, he was accosted by what the Bible calls the the prince of persia and we 're not talking about the country, and you have to understand that there are many countries and places that are titled in in native in my native culture as a Native American that there are many members of the nations that are, they take their name derived from particular areas that they were living, or they give their name to places where they're living. Just as an example, uh, the people of the Stone Mountain. And that's actually in their their name, and it translates to that, people of the Stone Mountain, people of the Longhouse because that's what they built, and it was given. So anyway, the Prince of Persia is a name of a wicked, mean, nasty, and was controlling and seemed to like that area. I don't know why, and I'm not sure what that was. i got to do some more research on that and find out, be more pertinent. But Gabriel made reference to that, that he was accosted by the Prince of Persia and that his... His minions that were with him. And Gabriel was fighting with them. And then Michael came to help Gabriel. And Michael stayed and fought. And Gabriel was released so he could deliver his message to Daniel. And Daniel was talking to Gabriel and threw himself down. In referential awe to Gabriel. And Gabriel just reminded him, told him to stand up. And Daniel was, of course, trembling and fearful. I mean, when you have, if you can imagine seeing an archangel, I I remember when God permitted me to see my guardian. I was, wow, I was powerful. But if you can imagine, and Daniel was trembling and fearful, but he calmed him. And he told him, he said, Daniel, 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 I came from the first words that came out, the first word of your prayer, God heard you and sent me. I was delayed because I was fighting to get to you. So understand this. I'm sharing with this with you because it's important that we know and understand this. Is that, first of all, God's timing, not ours, is what's important. And so when he releases and decides that it's the time, it'll be done. But know this also is that the first word uttered out of your mouth when you cry out for help from God, he hears you. And in response, he has help is on the way. However, understand this, that the devil works mightily, heartedly and wholeheartedly in order to keep our help and our blessings from arriving. He's like that, uh, like you're looking to hijack that message that comes from God and works a great deal And like I've shared with you before. When I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing And then I come under attack. It's actually a good sign for me, and I'm thankful. I know that sounds weird, doesn't it? But we need to practice that, and it takes practice to do that. And when I shared that with you, that little phrase, they learned to have fellowship. Things are not automatic when you become a Christian. When you become a true believer, not a label head and not a self-proclaimed, but when you become a true believer, It does not mean that everything automatically, God snaps his fingers and there are never going to be any problems. You're going to have to still mow the lawn. You're still going to have to edge the trim. You're still going to have to cut the bushes back so they don't become a jungle growth. You are still going to have to do things that are required and necessary. You don't just float around and everything is good. And when you're in relationship with other church members. Don't focus on what denomination are they, don't focus on what church they go to, don't focus on any of that. The focus is fellowship, together. We are called to be like-minded, one spirit, believing in Abba Yahweh, our heavenly father, believing that Christ Jesus, came as a sacrificial lamb for all of us and that the Holy Spirit guides and teaches us in truth. And John 3.16 is so important because for God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever see that's the prime thing that so many individuals seem to miss and even those perverts that parade up and down that God is teaching it wrong. That whosoever believe he gave us a free will choice. And if you choose to believe, then you are saved and there is no condemnation. And God doesn't condemn anyway. He's not blackmailing anybody into anything. He just says, if you don't want to believe, well, that's fine. You just have to know and understand that there are consequences. You're going you're to perish and go to hell. You're not going to spend time in heaven. You're not going to be with me. You're not going to be with Jesus. You're not going to be able to talk to any of the prophets that came before. You're not going to spend time with your loved ones. So you, ha- you have a choice to make. And there are individuals that do that here in this plane of existence without being a believer or non-believer. They just, they just don't. They don't like Christmas and they don't spend time with their family during special occasions at all and have made open derogatory remarks about, uh, ah, man, we got to go and spend time on grandma and grandpa again. Grandpa's got gas or he's got the winds and I just don't feel like being around any of that or or Uncle Bob's got this issue. The company always wants to talk about it. And they have some sort of negative derogatory remark to make about everyone that is part of the family. There is no interest in being part of it. They have no desire to be around anybody else. And there are those that claim to be Christians that do the very same thing. Wow, did you know that that John and his wife, they used to go to such and such a church or they used to be this and that? Man, I wonder what kind of Christian they are. Really? Well, now you just televised your Christian attitude to everybody that was around you and could hear you blabbing your mouth. You just told everybody what kind of non-believer you are or self-proclaimed believer you are. You're degrading somebody else who is trying to believe and have fellowship. And so you're going to put them down. You're going to be derogatory in your comments about them to others. But see, this is the way that the devil works. So those of us who are true believers, and actually, Christians, what we do is we are in prayer. We don't confront. We don't condemn. And we don't berate. We don't belittle. We don't degrade. And the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit will tell you when you, you will be in something and that you need to say. So it's the same thing when you have others that are saying something that is negative against the body. The Holy Spirit will let you know if you should say something. There might be times that you want to say something and you really feel it, but the Holy Spirit is holding you back and keeping you from because is it fruitful? Is it necessary? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus tell them without being confrontational? And you notice, some of you may have noticed that when I post this, I shared this with you before, WWJD with a question mark. What would Jesus do? Many years ago, I think I was starting into junior high. This was in the big Jesus movement that was going on many years ago. And this has happened it's riding the tide, the waves um but there was a huge movement and this is this is well before the uh some of you remember the the rock opera that came out Jesus Christ superstar I remember when that was written and first released and all this so. Wwjd? What would Jesus do? That used to be that was a um, um, oh, now I forgot the word. I used to know it, forgot it. But anyway, that was that was a um, that was a catchphrase for this big powerful movement. What would Jesus do? And they used to put that around. Well, it became so watered down with the repetition that it became virtually. Nobody used it anymore, but it's a real question and something they they used to make little uh wrist doodads and and keychain key fobs with that and and they had wallets that were stamped with it bookmarks that were stamped with it um they had clothing they had t shirts with all that it became a tagline it became something that was just thrown around. What would jesus do yeah that's right i'm in the I'm a member of the Jesus movement what would Jesus do well I'm in the Jesus movement, been in the Jesus movement. God uses me to do this and that's become my WWJD. What would Jesus do? So when we have situations, we have to put ourselves in a position. What would our teacher do? What would our King do? How would our King want us to respond to situations of this? That pervert that's parading back and forth up there who is degrading and belittling God's word. How would Jesus want us to respond to that? Well, I'm not going to be confrontational. I'm going to speak out. I'm not telling folks that what organization, I can't even remember the organization they belong to or what the person's name is. I'm not going to share that because that's not of import. What is of import is that I pray about it. We need to pray about each other and we need to pray about those that are promoting that and I'm sharing with you, and this is very important, that Paul wrote to Timothy, actually. I'm going to flip over here. I, I didn't mark it. No, I wasn't going to share, but I am. Um, because it's very important, Paul writes this. And we find it in his first letter to Timothy. And Timothy, let me remind you, he is a young man, one of Paul's protégés, who is. was... Um, He's a young pastor and he's in charge of the church that Paul had helped develop and, and grow and Timothy he calls Timothy he calls him and this is a, this is here we have 1 Timothy first chapter second verse unto Timothy my own son in the faith Grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord. So. Timothy was his protege. Paul was teaching him. Guiding him. And he came to love Timothy as his own son. And as he speaks there, my own son in the faith. Paul was never married. Paul never had children. He wasn't a father to anyone, except that he took Timothy under his wing and Timothy was a good student and loved God. And he tried to end in verse three, Timothy one, verse three. First Timothy one, verse three. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. So the church at Ephesus that Paul knew was having some troubles. When I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So the church in Ephesus was having some issues and some trouble, which is why Paul wrote to them as often as he did. But that church was important because it was in a key location, first of all, and it was surrounded by Greeks, Romans, and what the Bible comes to call vagabond Jews because they actually use sorcery and other things that they claim payment for, and they get paid for using And then they claim that they're doing it under their disguise is that they're doing it in Jesus' name. But those are some of those that I never knew you. Be gone from this place. So when they come up, but Lord, 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 and they used to say, I don't know you. Never knew you. You never knew me. I never knew you. You just claim. So very important in 1 Timothy 1 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in the faith. So do. Well, What God is explaining to Timothy is that you don't give all this lineage that offers people to question more faith and belief on whether it's coming from God. And if it gives more questions than it does answers, then there's a problem there. And importantly also. This is important in verse five, Paul says, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, having faith in God, sharing love. This is one of those things that I've shared. And, and when I was younger, there was that, that song, they will know we are Christians by our love. By our love. You'll say, well, know that we are Christians by our love. One with another. Doesn't matter what denomination you go to, what church you go to. That could be a familial thing. That could be something that your your great-great-grandfather started and the whole rest of the family decided that you're going to do that same thing. But what's in your heart? Remember, this is very important to understand. God is a respecter of no man or woman. He doesn't care if you have that little collar on or you wear a particular kind of suit and a particular kind of tie, if you drive a particular kind of car or have a particular kind of house that you live in. He doesn't care about any of that. God is a respecter of no man or woman in what they have or have not. What God cares about is the character of your heart, period. But here's the important aspect. <clears throat> and further, that he wrote to Timothy in chapter two. I exhort you, therefore, basically, I'm kind of really, really wanting you to do this. That first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men and women. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have that all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So we are told by Paul that we need to do this. And why? Because most importantly, oh above everything else, that they come to the truth. Coming to the truth. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers, my going out and coming in, and truth is all I will ever share with you. Be blessed.